We have been wrapping this entire month on the affairs of entanglement. We started this series out with our key verse coming from 2 Timothy 2 and 1, the Apostle Paul speaking to his son Timothy about the Christian warfare. Verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witness, the same committed thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. When the Lord gave me this scripture and the subject affairs of entanglement, he also gave me three areas that he wanted me to focus on concerning his people. He provided me with part one, affairs of the heart. In affairs of the heart, we covered family affairs, emotional affairs, and sexual affairs. If you have not heard part one, I encourage you to do so. Then we went on to part two, which is covering business affairs. Connected to business affairs, we went into talking about the riches of this world. We also talked about position. We talked about status. And then we ended part two with fame. We touched on popularity, notoriety, being well known, lifting yourself up to a place of fame. I truly believe that this teaching was directly from the throne of God and is right on time. Why? Because many times we as people of God have found ourselves struggling. We have found ourselves entangled in most of these areas throughout our lifetime. I believe like never before, as 2 Timothy 3rd chapter says, we are living in prevalent times. Like never before, the church has become so entangled with the affairs of this life that it's hard to tell the church from the world. It is my belief that the body of Christ have lost focus on what is important. What is that you ask? It is relationship with Jesus Christ. It is pleasing the one who have chosen us to be a good soldier, which is God himself. We have gotten so caught up with the religious affairs of this world, religious affairs of this life, religious affairs of our churches, that we fail to have a pure, unadulterated relationship with God. What is unadulterated, you ask? Not spoiled or made watered down by an addition or any other substance, something that is pure. What am I talking about? I'm talking about pure worship. The word of God tells us, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. When we look around at our churches today, are we really worshiping God in spirit and in truth? Or are we going into a building for the next program? Are we going into a building for the next systematic experience? Am I doing this because this is what my great, great grandmother did? Am I doing this for another religious movement? Or am I doing this because I truly love God and I want to be in covenant relationship with him? Ask yourself the question today, am I tangled up in religious affairs or am I truly in covenant relationship with Christ? I am Elder Shanina Walker and today on Let's Wrap, we will be covering the conclusion of our series, Affairs of Entanglement, part three, 
religious affairs. Let's wrap. After the Holy Spirit gave me the subject on religious affairs, he took me to one chapter that's going to sum up the entire matter of the conclusion of this series, Affairs of Entanglement. I want you to turn with me to Isaiah, the first chapter, beginning at the first verse. It is here within these pages, we see that God gave a vision to Isaiah, the son of Amos, and this vision was concerning the entire household of Israel. The vision was to Judah, Jerusalem, Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, all the kings of Judah. It is here that Isaiah began to declare, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. God said, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass has its master's crib. But Israel do not know. My people do not consider. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backwards. Why should you be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. From the soles of your foot, even unto your head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mortified with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burnt with fire. Your land strangers devoured in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughters of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as besieged cities. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the words of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of God, ye people of Gomorrah. Let's just stop right there for now because I've given you a lot to think about. When we think about this particular verse that the Holy Spirit gave me, does it remind you of any country we know? Does it remind you of anything that we may be going through right now today in the United States? Does it remind you of the state of the people of God that we have now found ourselves in? We see, first of all, that the Lord gave Isaiah a vision, and this vision was concerning the people of Israel. It was concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And although the message was sent concerning Judah and Jerusalem, the Bible says it was sent during the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, the kings of Judah. So it made mention concerning the leaders that were over Judah and Jerusalem. He began to say unto them, Hear from the heavens, give ear on the earth. The Lord himself has spoken. He went on to say that I have nourished, I have brought up children. When we begin to look at the word nourished and what nourished mean, nourished mean provided with food or substance necessary, everything that's completed and needed for growth to be healthy in order to be good in order to be in a good condition, in order to be maintained and sustained, the Lord is saying here in this passage, 
I provided all that to Jerusalem. I provided all that to Judah. Does that remind you of anybody today? The Lord has provided the United States, America. The Lord has provided the body of Christ, everything that is needed to be healthy, to be sustained for growth, for health, to be in a good condition, to be able to be the light of the world that we might draw others unto him. And even when we were in our fallen state, the Bible say while we were yet sinners, God sent his son, Jesus, who died for us on the cross, that we might be able to go back and be with him, that we might have the right to the tree of life, that we didn't get the punishment that we deserve. He says, I have brought up these children. I have brought you up. I have sustained you. I am your provider. I am your way maker. Just like the Lord was speaking through Isaiah to Judah and Jerusalem, the Lord is speaking to us today. He is saying, I am the one who nourished the USA. I am the one who nourished America. I am the one who's nourishing your ministries. I am the one who's nourishing your body. I am the one who nourished your children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. But what have you done? Just like Judah and Jerusalem and the Kings of Judah, you have rebelled against me. Now, I don't know if you can relate to that. I don't know if you know what that feels like. If you don't have children, you might can't relate to that. But if you have children, you ought to be able to relate to what God is saying to the household of Israel in this scripture. He is saying, I have nourished and I have brought up these children. We know what it's like if we're a mother or we are father and we have children of our own. You done sacrificed all your life. You done nourished them. You done brought them up from a baby. You done fed them. You done took care of them. You done clothed them. You done provided them with everything that they need to sustain and have a good lifestyle. You did everything that you could to set them up to make sure that they would be a prosperous and that they would be a good productive citizen. But yet, what did they do? They go back and they rebelled against you. Now they act like they don't know you. Now they don't have time for you. Now they turn their backs on you. Now they do opposite what what you've taught them, opposite to what you've raised them like. I don't know if there's one out there that is able to relate to what I'm talking about. To, to re, the Bible says that they rebelled. Rebel means to rise up in opposition, to do the opposite to what they've been told, to do the opposite to the government or the rules or the system of that's been set up. We have a system within the body of Christ. I don't know if you're aware of that, children of God, but there's a system within the body of Christ. There's a kingdom within the body of Christ. Now, I told you uh, in the introductory to affairs of entanglement that we have been enlisted into the army of the Lord. And when you're enlisted into an army, there are rules, there are regulations that you must follow in the United States Army. Likewise, in the spiritual army of God, there are rules, there are regulations that we must follow. We can't be in God's army and do whatever we want to do. He said, the ox knows his owner and the ass his master crib, but Israel do not know. My people do not consider. It sounds like the Lord is pretty upset here. He's saying an ox knows his own owner. A ox know when the, when the owner called to come. A ass his master's crib. A ass know how to go back to the crib on which it come from. It know how to go back to the born when it's time to eat. It knows how to go back to the born because it's know who's taking care of him. He said, but Israel don't know. My people do not consider. We living in a time now where the body of Christ act like it don't know. The body of Christ is not considering the things that God has done for us. It's not considering that we are not our own. It's not considering that there's a price to pay. It's not considering that you've been enlisted into an army and your job is to please the one that has enlisted you. The Bible says they are not considering. My people have not considered. 
that he is the Lord our God, that it is he that has made us and not we ourselves, that we are his sheep. We're the sheep of his pastor, not our own. We've been bought, church. We've been bought by a price. We cannot afford to allow ourselves to get caught up with the religious affairs of this world, but we have to seek to please the one who has called us, please the one who has enlisted us. He goes on to say in the fourth verse, he said, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. He said, yeah, you're my children, but you are a sinful nation. You are people that's laden with iniquity. We begin to look at the word laden. We know that laden means heavily loaded or weighted down, burdened. It means piled high, fully charged, encumbered, hampered, oppressed, taxed. We know that we live in a time where people are loaded down. The body of Christ is becoming loaded down, laden, he said, with iniquity, laden with sin. We're so entangled with the affairs of this life. As I told you in the beginning of this opening, it's hard to tell the church from the world anymore. We're so entangled up. We want to be like the world. We want to do the things the world do. We want to dress like the world. We want to act like the world. We want to compromise. There is no compromise in Christ. It's either heaven or hell. We either for him or against him. He said, I wouldn't have you if you're lukewarm. If you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He's told us in Revelation, I wish that you would be hot or you would be cold. Make up your mind, body of Christ. Oh, Zion, what's the matter now? It's time for you to choose this day whom you will serve. God went on to tell him, he said that this is a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity a seed of evildoers. He said, this thing didn't just start with you. You're a seed of evildoers. You, you, in other words, your father's done evil. People before you done evil. And now it's just trickling on down to you. Not only you doing evil, but you're producing a seed of evildoers. You got to think about this thing today. America did just start getting bad overnight. America was producing a seed of evildoers for a long time. Now this thing has been coming. The church didn't just start getting entangled with the world, entangled with the affairs of this life. They've been entangling themselves for quite a while now, but it's time for the church to break loose. It's time for the church to sever the entanglement. It's time to take the Holy Spirit and cut those cords of entanglement from off the body of Christ. The Bible goes on to tell us, he said, you are a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. Whoa children that are corruptors. It didn't say that you are children that are corrupt. It didn't say that you became corrupt from someone else. No, it said now you've gotten to a point where you are one, the ones doing the corrupting. The Bible says we are the light of the world. But what happens if the light stops shining? What happens if the light goes dim? And then there's no one out there. There's no light for people to come to. They can't see the light of Christ. We were supposed to lift up Christ. If he be lifted up, if we lift up the light, then the light is going to draw all men. We have to lift them up. The Bible says that if the salt loses its savor, it's not good for anything but to be trampled under the feet of men. What happens when the church loses its savor? It's not good for anything anymore. He said, you are now a children of corruptors. The church, I submit to you, the body of Christ is becoming 
children of corruptors. Instead of us drawing people, we're corrupting people. We're corrupting people. Why? Because we are watering down the word of God. We're appealing to people with itching ears. You have preachers that are preaching for money. You have church organizations that's just going through the motions and set up like a business. I'm not saying that you don't have to have business in order for your church to run, but you can't allow the business to be everything. It has to be about Christ. Everything must point back to Christ. The Lord said in that fourth verse, he said, they have forgotten the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They are gone away backwards. I submit to you today that the body of believers have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel. That is why this country is in such a mess. It's in such a turmoil. Why? Because we have turned our backs on God. Not only our country, but this is why our cities, this is why our states, this is why our communities, this is why our homes are in such turmoil. This is why there's so much killing. This is why there's so much disaster. This is why there's so much disease. The devil ain't all that. He is not that big. The problem is, is that we have turned our backs on God. We have forsaken God. In the fifth verse, he began to tell the children of Israel, he said, why should you be stricken anymore? You're just going to revolt more and more. Your whole head is sick. Your whole heart is faint. In other words, church, it's going to get worse before it get better. Why? He said, because it's not going to do me any good to continue to strict you. If I keep striking America, if I keep striking your homes, if I keep striking your communities, if I keep striking your states, if I keep striking your neighborhoods, it's not doing any good. All you're doing is revolting more and more. You have turned your back on me, the true and living God. I'm the Holy One of Israel and you provoke me to anger. He said, the whole head is sick. When he said the whole head is sick, remember that this message went to the leaders. This message went to the kings. He made sure he mentioned the kings of Judah in this vision because he wanted the kings to know it's sick. The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. When we start thinking about the body of Christ and we begin to look at what's going on within the system of the body of Christ, we see that it starts at the head. So much compromise is going on within the church because the leaders are going to be held accountable for the things that they allow to go on within their church. God has given people over to your hand for you to shepherd. You're going to be held accountable for these souls. You're going to be held accountable for the things that you allow to go on in the household of God. I can't help but be reminded in the Bible in Matthew, the 21st chapter, when Jesus went into the temple and he began to drive out all the money exchanges and turn over the tables and he began to declare unto them he said it is written that my house should be a house of prayer but you have turned it into a den of thieves I submit to you today that we are living in a time where the house of God is no longer a house of prayer. It's no longer a house of worship, but we have made it a house of den and thieves. As we begin to look back at Isaiah in that sixth verse in the first chapter, he goes on to say, from the soles of your foot, even unto your head, there's no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up neither moldified with ointment. What is he saying? He's saying that there's no soundness at all in you. And I submit to you today that within the body of Christ, there is no soundness anymore, but we see there's wounds, there's bruises, there's putrefying sores. The church itself is sick. They have not been closed up. He said, neither bound nor has there been any ointment. We have to go back and get it right. We got to go back to the altar. We got to go back to the old way. We need to go back to the horns of the altar and the cross. We need to cry out, what must we do, Lord, to turn this thing around? We must go back and repent, and then we can draw all others unto him. 
Somebody's not going to like me today, but it's tight, but it's right. And believe me, I got it before you got it. The word comes to me before it comes to you. He went on to say that your country is desolate. Your cities have been burnt with fire. Your land, strangers are devoured in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage. He goes on to say, except a Lord of hosts had left a small remnant. We will be as Sodom and Gomorrah. I submit to you today that God has a small remnant of people who are declaring his word, who are declaring the truth. And except he left a small remnant, we will be as Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at where we're living in this time that we're living in. We are almost as Sodom and Gomorrah, but because of the remnant, because of the prayer of the righteous that availeth much, God has given his people a time to get it together. But I stopped by to tell you today that Jesus is coming and is coming soon. Time is winding up. It's not as long as it has been. So God was sending a message to Isaiah, to his people through Isaiah. He sent this vision to let them know that it's time to get it right. He began to say in the 10th verse, he said, hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom, give ear to the law. He began to uh, uh, talk to them as though they were Sodom and Gomorrah. He was like, give ear to the law of God. And the same way God was speaking to Judah and Jerusalem, God is speaking to us today. And he's letting us know that we're living in a time as of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's time for us to give ear unto the Lord. It's time for us to get it right. Believe it or not, church, there's a system that we must live in. God has given us his word. There's a kingdom system. He wants us to live by his word. He told us in his word that if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh like never before we need to walk in the spirit of God he began to tell him he says that what purpose is it of your multitude of sacrifices unto me and I love the way the message Bible began to read he began to say what is this frenzy of sacrifices why you continue to run around bringing me all this adulterous sacrifice why you keep bringing me all this watered down worship why you come bringing all these masks before me he began to let the children of Israel know he said, I, don't you think I've had my fill of this? Don't you think I'm full of this? God wants us to know today, church, that he's full of this. He's had enough of his church being entangled with religious affairs. He began to say unto us, he's saying today that whoever gave us the idea that acting like this was what he wanted, whoever gave us the idea that program after program after program to keep the church doors open was what he required of us. That running here and there from program to program is what he required of us. You come to my church, so I got to come back to your church to pay you right back. That's not what God required of us. That is religious affairs. The church has become entangled with religious affairs. We're running here and there trying to work our way into heaven. It is by grace. At least any man should boast. There's nothing we can do to buy our way in. There's nothing we can do to work our way in. There's nothing you can do to give your way in. This thing is of Jesus Christ. All he asks of us is that we be in covenant relationship with him. Instead, all we're doing is shaking and ain't nothing happening. All we're doing is going through the motions. All we're doing is just going from one place to another. It is commotion going on within the body of Christ, but there's no change within the body. You have more believers that are sick like never before. You have more people that are going through trouble like never before. These are the end times, yes, but God is calling us to a higher plane. God is calling us to a higher place of praise. God is calling us to worship him in spirit and the truth. It's time for us like never before as the body of Christ to seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. Then when we hear from heaven, then will he heal this land. This land is sick and is in need of healing. Like never before it's in need of healing. 
he went on to tell the children of Israel. He said, when ye shall come and appear before me, who hath required this at your hands to thread in my court? He said, in other words, I'm tired of the commotion that you're going through. I'm tired of the routine that you're doing. I'm tired of you coming to me for obli out of obligation. I want you to come to me because you want to be before me. I want you to come and worship me in spirit and in truth. I want you to praise me out of the abundance of your heart. Not because you're obligated. Not because I got to be there on Monday night. Not because I got to be there on Tuesday night. Not because I got to be there on Wednesday night. Not because I got to be there on Thursday Friday, not because Sunday is the thing to do to go and worship it, but he said, I want you to come before me in spirit and in truth. The message Bible said in the 13th verse, it began to say, quit your worship charades. How many know today that the church is full of actors? The church is full of worship and charade. He said, I can't stand your triple religious games. He began to let the children of Israel know that monthly conferences, weekly Sabbath, special meetings and meetings and meetings, I can't stand it no more. God want me to let you know today that enough is enough. Just like he told the children of Israel in Isaiah, the first chapter of the message Bible in the 13th verse, he said, you've been meeting for this and you're meeting for that. He said, I hate them. You've worn me out. I'm sick of you. Religion, religion, religion. Why you go right on sinning. He said, when you put on your next prayer performance, I'll be looking the other way, no matter how long and how loud and how often you pray, I'll be not listening to you. Then he asked him questions. He said, do you know why? He said, why? Because you're tearing people to pieces. Your hands are bloody. Now go home and wash up and clean up your act. In other words, God is speaking to the body of Christ today. And I know somebody ain't going to like this message. This is not a popular message. And believe me, it came to the preacher before it's coming to you. But God said, I'm sick of your mess. He said, I'm sick of you. I'm not listening to you no more because you're tearing up people. You're causing the people to error. He said, your hands are bloody. I need you to go home and wash yourselves up. I need you to clean up your act. Sweep up your lives. Clean up, he said, all your evil doing so that you don't have to look. I don't have to look at them any longer. God has said enough is enough. He says, say no to wrong. Learn to do good. Do what's right. Do what's just. God want us not to be entangled with the affairs of religion. He want us to cut the cords of religious affairs. Like never before, the churches are full of religious affairs. The churches have become a business. The churches have become program after program after program. Nobody's concerned about souls being saved anymore. Nobody's concerned about sick bodies being healed. Nobody's concerned about backsliders being reclaimed. Nobody's called, shout out our boss, nobody's concerned about demons being cast out we have a world that's sick on their way to hell the bible said the scared the, the, the righteous shall scarcely make it in the judgment is going to begin in the household of god he wants us to get ourselves together we got to clean up our act and god is going to use us in these last days but the church is sick and the church needs to be healed first he said, work for justice. Help the down and the out. Stand up for the homeless. Go to bat for the defenseless. There's work to be done. He says the harvest is plenty, but the labels are few. God wants us to take off the mess. God wants us to come before him transparent. He wants to lay out before him. He wants us to repent of our wrongdoing. Turn from our wicked ways so that we we might hear from heaven that he might heal this land, that he might heal his people, that he might heal the church. We need a healing today. Quote, shout out our boss. 
In my conclusion, I love the way the 18th through the 20th verse read uh, in the message Bible of Isaiah, the first chapter, he began to say, let us argue this out. In other words, he began to say to his people and God is saying to you, come on, let's sit down. Let's argue this out. He began to say, let us reason together. I'm not unreasonable. He said, let us reason this thing out. God is saying, though your sins be as scarlet. Yeah, I know you done messed up. I know you done wrong. I know you crucified me of flesh. I know you're causing people to error. I know you done done the wrong things. He said, though your sins be blood red, they'll be as white as snow. If they're like red crimson, he said, they'll be like wool. He said, all you need to do is be willing and be obedient. And if you be willing and obedient people of God, he let us know that we'll eat of the fat of the land. He began to tell us that we shall eat good, that there'll be nothing that he would withhold from those who walk upright. God just want us to walk upright. See, when he open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will be room enough to receive. But God wants you to be willing to be obedient to his word, willing to be obedient to his way. We have to seek God like never before with our whole heart, because truly we are living in the last days. There ain't no time to be backing up. There ain't no time for compromise. God needs to use somebody today. Are you willing to be used by God? He has a remnant. Will you be a part of the remnant? Or will you be lost in these last and evil days? Now is the time to make up your mind, church. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I submit to you today that it's time for you to decide whose side are you going to be on. Are you going to be on the Lord's side? Are you going to please the one who enlisted you into his arm? like never before that you have to know that you know that you know that the Lord is on your side and if God be for you he's more than the whole world against you the Bible tells us that no man no man that wars entangle himself with the affairs of this life I submit to you today church that if you are entangled with the affairs of this life today is your day to cut loose the strings of entanglement I could declare and decree today that you can be set free. You can be set free today through his word. You can be free in the name of Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you right now. I thank you for your people. I thank you for this word, God, this life-changing word. I thank you for the warning that you have not only given me, but you have given me to give to your people. God, I thank you for a prophetic word today. I thank you for letting us know, God, that we are living in the last days. And God, that you're sick and tired of our mess, oh God, that you're calling us to get it right, oh God, that you're calling us, God, to not be lukewarm. But God, God, that we will either be hot or cold. God, that we will make up our minds, that we will serve you with our whole heart. God, we ask that you will search our heart. The sin that you find in us, move it out of the way, God. Forgive us for our sin, oh God. Forgive us for entangling ourselves in family affairs. Forgive for entangling ourselves and our lives with emotional affairs of our friends, oh God. Forgive us, oh God, for taking on sexual affairs, oh God. And forgive us for having another lover, God. Forgive us for taking on another friend, oh God. God, we know that you are our friend and that you stick closer than a brother, oh God. God, we thank you today for forgiving us, oh God, for entangling ourselves with business affairs, for getting caught up, God, with the lust and the riches of this world, oh God. 
oh God. Knowing, God, that you provide all our needs, oh God. God, you said if we will worship you, God, all those things will be added unto us, oh God. If we would just seek your face, oh God. Oh God, we ask that you will forgive us for lifting ourselves up in status and position, oh God. And trying to be popular and famous, oh God. God, knowing that we should lift you up, God. That you will be the one that do the drawing, oh God. God, we humble ourselves before you, oh God. And like never before, God, you have gave us an eye-opening message today, God, that we, God, need to get ourselves entangled, oh God, from religious affairs, oh God. God, forgive us for putting everything before you, God, for putting money before you, for putting program before you, after program after program, for putting tradition and customs before you, oh God. God, we ask that you will forgive us for what we have made it, oh God. Forgive us, oh Father. We need you like never before. God, we trust you and we love you, God. God, touch us like only you can. God, help us to be all you have called us to be in these lasting evil days. God, we love you. We need you. We need you and we need you, oh Father. Touch us, oh God. Right now, God, it is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My, 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 I know I will never be the same again. I do pray that you have enjoyed this entire series of Affairs of Entanglement. Truly the Lord has spoken to us throughout this series. It is my prayer that you will continue to just listen to this word again and again until you get it in your spirit. I want to take this time to say thank you to all of our Less Wrap family, uh, those who listen by way of podcast or those who listen uh, on Facebook or, or iTunes or Twitter, whatever way, or, or WordPress.com. However it is that you're listening to this Less Wrap podcast, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. We want you to continue to listen, like, comment, and share. But what I would love for you to do, if you have not, I want you to go to Facebook at Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook and be a part of our Facebook family. It is there that we do have supported giveaway drawings where I give away gifts and we are celebrating this year our fourth uh, podcast anniversary for the Let's Wrap Podcast Ministry. And I want to thank each and every one who have supported this ministry. It, whether you are a patron and we do have what's called patron support where you can go and you can support this ministry for as little as $5 or more a month. It will be greatly appreciated. And we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our Let's Wrap podcast winners for the month that have won throughout the month of September. We want to just thank you and ask that you will continue to support this ministry. I do thank you. I, I bless God for you. And I want you to continue to listen, like, comment, and share. Share, share, share. When you share this, you are also partakers of reaching those souls across the globe. I want you to know today that I love you, Elder Walker love you, but you better know that God will always love you more. Until the next time, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you.